0: Symbol of a book club and podcast featuring works by Asian American and Asian authors. I'm one of your hosts, Marvin. You're joining me is Rira Yu. And this episode, we're going to be talking about how to live safely in the science fictional universe, a novel by Charles Yu. If you've been following along our past couple episodes, you'll know that we we spoil things. So if you haven't read the book yet, go ahead and read it. Come back. We'll be here when you're done and you want to unpack what you thought. Um, You can also contribute to our discussions on our group page on goodreads.com, dedicated to our books.
1: Yeah. And you can always uh, hit us up on social media.
0: Yep. Well, before we get into the books, Mm -hmm. how's it going? It's our last podcast of uh, 2016.
1: 2016.
0: Books and Boba has been alive and kicking for four months now. Four months, yeah. Yeah. I haven't had this many books on my desk in a very long time. Really? So it's, it's actually good. We're, we're recording in Riva's apartment right now, mm-hmm. and her bookshelves are full of books. Yeah, Mine's... there's, like,
1: books hidden behind books, because I don't have <laughs> a big enough bookshelf, so...
0: Yeah, my bookshelf at home is my grad school textbooks and a bunch of DVDs for my time in Sony. So, very, very different, <laughs> but it's it's good to have books. It's good to um, just read again. Yeah. I, I, I like reading. So
1: And there were a lot of uh a lot of books by Asian and Asian American authors this year and there's even more coming out in twenty seventeen. <laughs> I was so shocked. So I uh, I'm really excited and
0: Yeah, our um our Google Doc of potential books.
1: It's growing.
0: Yeah. We have enough for the next like ten years of books in Boba. Yeah, so stick around.
1: Yeah, you guys should uh visit our Listopia on Goodreads <laughs> and vote for which book we should read. Like, like, I mean, we don't have a poll, but we take suggestions into serious consideration.
0: Yeah. And so. don't forget to subscribe to this podcast because we do have mid-month episodes every month where we go over book news, um, exciting news about new book deals, new releases, and you know, hot topics like Harry Potter. Hot topic? <laughs> <laughs> hot topics, not the... Topics. Not the, uh, not the clothing retailer. And, so... Yeah, and... I guess we should just do this at the top of the show, but if you do like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really does help us out, especially in these early months of the podcast. And for those, and if you have any friends who are interested, who tell you, if you have any friends who complain about not having Asian American authors to read, please please give us a recommendation, because they should know. People should know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We have a lot of books on our list. A lot. So...
0: All right. All right. Let's get on to this month's book, How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe, published by Vintage Contemporaries. The back cover reads, Every day in Minor Universe 31, people get into time machines and try to change the past. That's where Charles Yu, time travel technician, steps in. He helps save people from themselves, literally. When he's not taking client calls, Yu visits his mother and searches for his father, who invented time travel, and then vanished. The key to locating his father may be found in a book. It's called How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. And somewhere inside it is information that will help him. It may even save his life. So already in the description of the book, it's self-referencing itself.
1: Yeah, it's metafiction. This is our yeah. first metafiction in in our uh, to-read pile.
0: Yeah. And yeah, the, the main character, the protagonist in the story is Charles Yu, the author. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. So he's actually the brother of Kelvin Yu, who uh, is an actor and writer on Master of None with Aziz sorry, and also one of the head writers at Bob's Burgers.
1: Oh, Bob's Burgers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, I think currently, Charles Yu can be found as a story editor on Westworld.
1: Westworld, yes. Yeah. Very big show.
0: <laughs> but I guess, yeah, let's... um. Let's get, Let's get to, to it. it. I'm gonna let Rira take the lead because she's the um she's the book club captain here. No. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so I mean just like looking around my apartment right now, you can immediately tell that I am a big Doctor Who fan. <laughs> and <laughs> and this book, a lot of the uh the theories of time travel, um, it reminded me a lot of Doctor Who. It reminded me um like some of the humor, reminded me of how to uh uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. And, mm. I mean, there's, like, hints of it here and there. I thought this book was going to be a lot more lighthearted, like, more, like, yeah, like it- there would be, like, more humor, more <laughs> sass to it, but it was actually a very depressing book. <laughs> it was really, really depressing. I was like, oh, like... Wow! Like he, like the protagonist, uh, his relationship with his father. I was like, wow, this is, this is some dark, complicated stuff. <laughs> Not what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, you look at it, and you look at the description. I, I agree. I, I did think that it was gonna be something similar to Hitchhiker's Guide, um, where it's more of a tongue-in-cheek, like, um, fantastical satire of yeah. of whatever of pop culture and. It turns out it does have all those trappings, like in the Hitchhiker Guide vein. It explains its own the mechanics of its world in a very like matter of fact way.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like in between chapters, you get like uh, one pages of the manual, so it's like half manual to survive in the science fictional universe and how time travel works, and then like half like biography autobiography from the protagonist perspective so it's like oh that's interesting
0: i actually thought like i did did agree that it was more heavier than i thought it would be and even in the world building it sets up that the people of this universe this minor universe that they take place in um, which is some sort of time collapsed los angeles tokyo new york hybrid world yeah um people there suffer from chronic self-esteem issues and
1: (laughs) I like Hmm.
0: and even in the Hitchhiker guide vein there is a you know a depressed not depressed robot but like a depressed AI
1: like a self deprecating AI yeah Yeah.
0: multiple like there's there's the the boss AI who thinks he's real and makes terrible jokes oh yeah Phil the dad the the dad bot sub dog
1: (laughs) with Minor Universe 31 um it it is self-described as slightly damaged and incomplete. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, like, you kind of get the feeling that everybody who lives on Minor Universe 31, they're all kind of uh, misfits and and failures, <laughs> <laughs> like, failures in their life. I mean, I the reason why I th- thought that this book was kind of a depressing read is um like one of the main themes in in the book it it's failure yeah. it's like how like how do you um cope with regret and how do you move forward with move forward knowing that you're going to make these terrible mistakes in your life like i think there's a line in the book where uh uh where charles you the protagonist he says like, oh, like, moving forward is, like, your your future self coming to you and telling you, like, how you're going to disappoint yourself for, like, <laughs> the rest of your life. And I was like, wow, that is so, like, so dark, but right. it's so candid. You yeah.
0: Know? I think, um, so, there's so many, because it's metafiction, there's so many different things that we can talk about. We can talk about, like, the the meta of the narrative or just a narrative in itself. So the basic story is there's three acts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's separated into three modules within, within the book. The first act is Charles Yu as he is in the beginning of the story, just kind of avoiding life, right? Yeah, Trapped in, like he pretty much sets his time machine that he uses to go provide tech support to other time, time travelers um, in and this is something I really like: is the use of tense, like grammar. Yeah, to, grammar to yeah. describe time travel.
1: Yeah, like the setting that he has his uh, time machine on is present indefinite.
0: And I had to look it up because I'm not a writer, so I was like, <laughs> what does that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was very interesting on like the time travel theory of mm-hmm. like, oh, like your mind is how you time travel, right? Um. And like the way we use language, that's how we time travel. And I was like, oh, like in a sense, like this book is kind of like a time capsule for the character. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting. And um, yeah, like.
0: Yeah. So he's in the present indefinite, which is it's a state where he's just being but not really affecting yeah, anything, he's right.
1: he's definitely as protagonists go. In, in the first act, he is the most passive protagonist you'll <laughs> ever meet. He doesn't do anything. He's uh, like the way that his time machine works is that time passes in inside of his machine, right. but time outside it moves in a different speed, which
0: is like relativity. That's
1: yeah. So it's like if,
0: if you're if you're super into if time you're super travel into fiction. sci-fi and time <laughs> travel
1: fiction, um, yeah. But it's, like, he spent, like, what? Like, a decade in his time machine? Mm-hmm. And just, like, his life kind of passed by inside this machine without him doing anything to affect uh, affect the universe that he's a part of. Yeah.
0: And then the rest of the world, like, a day has passed.
1: Yeah, like, a day has passed. Yeah. Classic Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or Ernest Stellar. They do yeah. that, too.
1: <laughs> you'll, you'll learn uh, over time that, like, time travel books uh they share a lot of theories together
0: there's so many different theories too and and what what I really liked about this book was that it also they also define different types of time travel
1: yeah like the multi uh multi-parallel universes universes,
0: and also the fact that when you when you and this is something that comes up in act two but when you recall memory that's essentially your time traveling Yeah. Right. And then there was this really cool interstitial um, talking about the time travel recreation device. There's actually a hyphen in it. Mm -hmm. It's the recreation device because um, whenever you're pulling up a memory, you're you're not really remembering it. You're recreating it. Yeah. And every time you recreate it, like there's that theory. Like every time you recreate, you recreate. Every time you recall a memory, it becomes less and less accurate. Yeah, less and less accurate.
1: Um. Yeah. Like you see. You see an example of that in a scene where uh, he's rescuing this woman who, (laughs) uh, you know, who recalls a memory of her grandmother dying, but she wasn't there and she's trying to save her. And it's like, well, this isn't real. This is just in your memory of, like, what would have happened if you were there.
0: And if you stay here, you tear a hole. Well, if if you stay
1: there, (laughs) then, like, you have essentially not just time traveled, but you've jumped into a different universe. Your universes have um mash together and you kind of live this ghost existence
0: yeah
1: yeah it's a trippy book (laughs) very very trippy book very complicated theories yeah uh, if you're new to the sci-fi game um but i guess we can i mean among amongst like all of the time travel theories and like the um and like the cool science fictional stuff that's happening yeah and the robots, uh, the crux of the novel, which ha- kind of happens at the halfway point of the At the end the of novel. Act
0: 1, I think, at the end of Act 1 is um, he's forced to make a, a maintenance check on his time machine because it's like way past due. Yeah. Right? So he literally just wants to be there as, as little time as possible. So on his way back to his machine after it's been checked out, he encounters himself.
1: Mm-hmm. And he shoots himself because yeah. <laughs> that is like, I don't know if that was like a thing in his in his actual like professional manual or if that was just a thing that he came up well, himself.
0: So there was that piece of the manual saying if you encounter yourself, you're supposed to run away. Run away, yeah. yeah. You like because the moment you that happens, like a time loop is yeah is created. Um, and then I didn't really get the the motivations be, behind shooting his future self. Except that he was panicked.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. it was, like, more of, like, he had a gun in his hand, and he panicked, <laughs> and he decided, to, instead of, like, fleeing the scene, he decided to fight and yeah. shot himself. And, of course, you know, time loop theory, like, you can't change anything. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're pretty much jumping universes again. Yeah. And, um,
0: so, he shoots himself and then jumps into his time machine, breaks his leg in the process. Yeah. And then flies off. And from that point on, we enter the second act where we're pretty much running through the loop, like hurtling yeah. towards that moment now that has been, that he has set in motion.
1: Yeah, well, in the beginning of the second act, uh, he gets the book, he, like How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. Yeah. And he is instructed to transcribe this book word for word. And it's, and I thought that was like a little bit weird because it... <laughs> Because it's, like, this theory of, like, okay, well, he wrote this book, but he also received this book from his future self. So how did that, how did, like, the book come right. to existence in the first place? And then
0: his future self tells him, like, the key is in the book.
1: Yeah, right? quite literally, <laughs> the key is in the book.
0: Which comes into play later. But. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, so the second act is him trying to figure out what's going on. Right? Yeah. I think, and then... As he's transcribing the book onto the toad, which is just a lot of really cool acronyms, yeah, like I think that's that's what the that's the guidance of it, just making up cool machines yeah um, he decides he wants to skip ahead, as we all do, right <laughs> like yeah, when we're reading complicated narratives Where we're invested in the character, yeah in this case well, it's actually
1: Chandler. the re- yeah. the really funny thing is um i whenever like I pick up a new book. Like one of the, like when when I'm like shopping for new books, uh, a trick that I have is like okay, I read like maybe like the first couple pages, and then I go to the back and I read the last sentence, <laughs> and like, um, and I guess like in this book, like you, there are pages that are left intentionally yeah, blank, and, and this, I was just like, God damn it, why? <laughs>
0: in this book, the last page, the last sentence, literally, page left intentionally blank,
1: and it's just like ah, <laughs> oh, it's being clever, and I don't know if I like it. <laughs>
0: Um, well, when Charles tries to skip to the end, yeah. he creates a, um, time paradox or.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, like, isn't that when he goes through, like, is is it when he goes through he his goes childhood through, memories or is that no, when he goes to that space? He goes where through a retcon.
0: He... Yeah. Yeah. Childhood memories, I think, starts in the third act. Third act. Yeah. yeah. The second act is he goes through like this, not even like an alternate dimension. It's kind of like, like. The place where time doesn't exist. Like he goes of, into like this temple, yeah, right, where time has no meaning.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like a weird, uh, yeah, vacuum, yeah, in, in space. Um, and then he like meets his like alternate version of his he mother. He meets like
0: his ideal mother, who yeah, he does not like. Yeah, yeah, like he it freaks him out, and then he finds out that, that his dad's been there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and throughout the story, there's flashbacks about him and his father. Him as a child, like his father is, um, I guess, a struggling scientist engineer who mm-hmm. wants to make it big but keeps running into problems. Yeah, and then, and I really want to touch about about this after after we finish summarizing the story. But
1: I yeah, think this is like we need to break it yeah. down a little bit because this <laughs> book, like it, it, it like. Kind of defies format and like narrative arc. Like it's it's kind of framed around this time loop because you go around in a circle. And it's
0: very much like I typically don't enjoy reading stream of consciousness. Yeah. Um, But this one, like, I I know you had some problems with it, but I felt like I was like, I appreciated in this in this
1: context. Yeah, in the context.
0: Um. But okay, so he pretty much. goes escapes from this timeless temple and then is taken to like this time shuttle or this time bus.
1: Yeah. Some (laughs) kind of vehicle that like kind of picks him up from this time vacuum. And it's like it's like an alternate version of himself, right? But it doesn't look like him.
0: It's more confident. Yeah. It's supposed like I think he described it as the the ideal version of him. Or the most the most aware version of him.
1: Yeah. Right. Because he's met, like, other versions of himself. And they're <laughs> all pretty much jackasses. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, this is, like, the best version <laughs> of him.
0: And then, um, I guess, yeah, the bus is the retcon engine. So, like, they go on, like, they the retcon his stories mm-hmm. to bring him back into existence. Yeah. Uh, we also bring back his dog. Yeah. And that was kind of... I, I love the dog. So... Charles in the story has a dog named Ed, who is a dog that doesn't exist because they got retconned out of the story or something, like the action-adventure story that he belonged to. And I'd like to think that it's Ayn from Cowboy Bebop. Oh my god, I
1: had the same exact (laughs) thought. I was like, oh, Ed, Cowboy Bebop? I mean, like, I, yeah. I got that feeling a lot, like, reading the books. So I was like, oh, it's, like, referencing so many, like, geek <laughs> things that I know. But, like, I know that it's intentional because, yeah. I, like, there's no way that the I mean, author wrote the this thing. in. Speaking
0: of references, I also really appreciate all, like, the Asian-American references in, in the story. Oh, that's yeah. that's something that um, I want to talk, like, that's what I want to talk more about after. After we some let's... We let's should, get through the second go. act and the third <laughs> act. So he... The second act ends when he gets brought back into... um his ship, yeah. his time machine, and decides to... Oh, what did it? He... Somehow he ends up in his childhood.
1: Yeah, he ends up in his childhood. I, like, don't... Like, I read this book quite a long time ago, so um, <laughs> I don't remember, like, how that happened. Like, did he decide to go back in time to, like, try and find out how to get out of the time loop? Or, like, was there a hint about his dad?
0: Yeah, so... The bus driver version of him kind of gives him a lecture on how he should essentially just be a better person have more confidence in himself, like have more self esteem self value mm-hmm. how he should treat his mom better how he he should treat his um, <laughs> his computer better, and yeah like, he kind of yeah. treats
1: those two characters like garbage, yeah, and like that was the thing. I mean, I'm gonna like probably touch up on this later, but like, uh, like the the book before um, How to Live Safe, like the the book from last month mm-hmm. was Monstrous by Marjorie yeah. Liu, and there were so many women in that book, <laughs> and like just just reading uh, Charles Yu's novel, I was just like, I know, I I get it. Like the character is a male protagonist, and he's kind of like a recluse, and mm he doesn't really socialize that much and he just kind of, kind of seems very passive but i was like where are all the women in this book <laughs> like you find out that his even even tammy his uh like his computer system his software system uh she's like a version of himself that's mm. like proje- so it's like essentially like she's not really like a a female character yeah. and then like his mom is just A mom not really much of like like i i I really wanted more scenes with his mom because i thought like the situation that he put her in like yeah on on this like retirement plan of her being in a time loop for the next like 10 years years. and just like her reliving 60 minutes of a hypothetical dinner that like never happened (laughs) i was like oh that's super interesting but i don't really get that much context yeah. of his mom whereas like i get so much information about his dad mm-hmm. and it just seemed a little like i like i was kind of upset i was like <laughs> where are all the women and like it's usually it's just tammy his mom and then like one sex spot and i was like okay yeah. i get it but at the same <laughs> time like it's just like a personal
0: i guess like, it's you know at its at its core this is a story about him and his relationship with his dad yeah and yeah, even the, the female characters are given, they're given less time to shine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, I, I think about, like, if this book was adapted into a film, mm-hmm. like, that made me even, like, a little bit more frustrated, because I was like, <laughs> oh, if this was on screen, I would even be angrier, because it's like, where, like... um. Well, I
0: mean, they probably get, like, Scarlett Johansson to play Oh my god, Tammy, no. Her, she played her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was like, a, that yeah. was like a little mini rant, but that, that was like one uh, issue I had with it. Um, no, it's, it's valid. It's valid. Yeah. but. Um, and
0: so the third act, he decides to, oh, he gets back to his time machine and basically starts reliving his childhood. Yeah. And so the third act is him going through his memories, um, trying to, I guess, figure out his father right
1: or i don't know if it's figuring out his father i think he does that along the way but i think like like his purpose of like going through these memories is to find out like that one moment where everything went wrong (laughs) with his life like like, oh is there like one crucial moment where i can like get out of this time loop where it's like oh if but if my dad had just succeeded um with showing his time machine like with with that demonstration if he succeeded then maybe it wouldn't have been like this
0: so you go through all like the critical moments that he feels he had with his father Mm -hmm. um starting with him confronting his father about is the family being poor to him helping his father with his research to um him helping his father pitch a machine that ultimately failed to like the big Corporate director guy, yeah, and all the while you see his own stream of consciousness, like things he wished he could have said but didn't, or things that he said that he wished he didn't, and he mm-hmm. didn't know why, and there's a lot of you know um it's stream of consciousness, so you see like all like the the thought process of yeah like I can st- I know this will make him angry, but I can't stop, yeah, which is a very teen feeling to have,
1: yeah, I you know? mean. Uh, like the whole uh, story about his family and his relationship with his dad, it's very much like an Asian American immigrant story. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, like you want, like your parents are doing everything (laughs) for you to like have opportunities and and like, I don't know, like you, there's like this gap between you and like your parents' generation.
0: Well, there's then also the fact that what's missing in a lot of immigrant stories is that your parents had dreams too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they either didn't pan out because you happened or they didn't pan out because they're in this country or they're in this new place that didn't allow them to succeed the way they yeah. might've.
1: I thought like with, with minor universe 31, I thought that was like interesting because it, it seemed kind of like a metaphor for, Um, kind of like the immigrant experience where you're in this place where you don't really fully grasp the grammar of things. You don't understand the language and you always feel kind of out of sync. And like, you kind of see that with like his father. He's always kind of like- Five minutes behind. Five minutes behind. And he's always going five minutes back just to like relive or like trying to like figure out How to move forward Mm -hmm. uh, with his experiments and um
0: yeah and so he sees all he like so he he travels through all his memories and then through this like recap of his life he comes to realization that he's always been just passive yeah and then um oh yeah um, his mom gave him a package before he left right so
1: oh yeah like he had just like you know stopped in when like the time loop had kind of like paused for a second and she's just like why did you put me in here (laughs) why did you put me in here do you really think that i'm happy and like you it's like you don't come anymore you don't call call anymore and i'm just like wow that is like so relatable because (laughs) you know like as you get older and you kind of drift away from your parents it's like they have like they carry all this junk that you like had in your childhood and um there's always like I don't know, that guilt of just, like, oh, (laughs) like, I should really spend more time with my parents. And, like, I understand that, like...
0: And that's... I think that's doubly affecting for, like, us because of even, like, the East Asian values of filial piety and how you're supposed to take care of your parents. Um, And (laughs) I think... um, that whole scene to me i was thinking about just the clash between you know like eastern and western ideas of how you grow up mhm right whereas it, it, in chinese culture you're supposed to take care of your parents yeah to look after them um whereas in western culture it feels like it's more you need to take care of yourself you, you're once you're an adult you're like you you have your own domain mhm and your parents are not free to do whatever they want, and there's this clash, right? Where being raised in both cultures, you feel like, well, I deserve to be have my own time, but I got to take care of you, so I'm gonna stick you in this retirement home with other old people that you can have, be make friends with, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine, right? And then um, there's it's definitely a especially for Asian Americans, a very relatable conflict. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought it was, um I thought it was like, I, I don't have the exact quote on me, but uh it was when he was describing the silence in his family's home. Like mm-hmm. they would all kind of like schedule their appearances in the house, like exactly. <laughs> so they would just kind of like miss each other. And even when uh they were in the same room, there was like this vacuum mm-hmm. where like, um, yeah, it's just it's it's just like it's just like the silence and they don't really communicate and like they like purposely do this and it's just like, "Oh, well, um I mean, we we've seen that kind of happen in in books that we've previously read in this book club, yeah. like especially Everything I Never Told You where like people hold <laughs> back what they say and they don't really be they're not really candid to Uh, their family members and they only show like one side because that that they think that's what they want to see and that's pretty much what happens to his mom right like his mom tells him like oh it's okay to put me (laughs) in this time loop um like i'll be fine when clearly you you seen that scene where she's like giving him the box that she's not okay yeah yeah and i thought it was also really interesting that she picked like the one moment that she decide to relive, it's not even a real moment. It's a hypothetical dinner where everybody's kind of like this idealized versions of themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't know. I kind of wish I got more of the mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I'm probably never going to let that go. So I, I apologize, but...
0: It doesn't help that the mom's not part of the time loop. But she's is a... Yeah, I mean, even in... Even when he's rel- reliving his going through his um his memories, um, it's mostly his dad. I mean, w- whenever his mom was around, it was about them fighting, yeah, right, or her leaving for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think he like mentions that like, uh, like his mom and like his mother and father, like they love each other, but at the same time, like circumstances like their financial situation it it causes a lot of problems in the house
0: and yeah that that is a recurring thing it was just yeah our family's poor dad's poor dad's struggling mom's struggling like um and then well dad's also a dreamer yeah and i think um him realizing that his father was someone with his own ambitions I think, I kind of, I feel like that was what triggers his own, there's a point. So, um, the memories lead up to the point where his dad scores a meeting with that corporate, the corporate director. Yeah. Um, and it's like, he even says that he foreshadows like this, the, the best moment of their lives, the, the apex. Everything after this is downhill.
1: Yeah, I have the exa- I have the quote down. Um he said, "Sure, we are here. This man came to see us, but in the grand scheme of things, we are minor. We are but for one possible exception, failures." Yeah. So it's just like
0: and that whole I mean that whole exchange, that whole section like those 5 to 6 pages was a heartbreaking roller coaster of like cuz you see his you know, it's stream of consciousness. So you see his thoughts from, we can do this to. Oh no, we're frauds. To no, we deserve this. To he sees right through us. Yeah. And <laughs> you get the feeling that like you, during this whole time, I kind of like the the word the word privilege came up in my head a lot. The fact that um Charles and his dad goes through all this have to like kind of convince themselves that they're they're worth it. Yeah. While someone else. It's not even crossing their minds. Right? Yeah, They're like because like yeah. what
1: happens is that like you know like Charles and his dad they failed, <laughs> but another family that's like only a couple of miles away from where they, where they live they like they had the same theory but different execution. Mm-hmm. Only their execution worked.
0: Yeah, and
1: you don't really get to hear that like that that family side of things. But I just got the feeling that that family was a little bit more like financially well off and maybe like yeah, it, it wasn't like, they weren't, like, putting all of their, um, all of their bids in, like, they didn't, like, like, it would, they weren't, like, riding on this thing to work, whereas, like, with Charles and his father, it, it was very clear that, like, this experiment has to work in order for their lives to actually improve, and otherwise, otherwise, they're, they're just stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, and i thought I also thought that it was like I also thought that it was um kind of heartbreaking that like his dad he puts in like his dad, he has this um he has this belief that hard work will always be victorious, like as long as you put in the hours and like and uh, and do the work, you'll succeed. but Charles, <laughs> the protagonist, he knows that like that is not the case. And I thought that was like I, I thought that was like a very like very much like the American dream, you know, of like you can succeed no matter where you are starting from, if you like work hard enough. But yeah, yeah like I thought that was I thought that was like pretty heartbreaking to to read.
0: Yeah. And then um afterwards <laughs> he realizes that he spent all the time the time of going through his memories searching for that moment. And they realize that when he shot himself in the stomach, he had already told him what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Right. And then Tammy, like, sarcastically reminds him that you're, like, the book is the key. Yeah. Right. So that's when he finds the key in page 201, which they draw in a little envelope Mm -hmm. inside the book. I I actually tried to flip it up to see if it was real. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then um, he finds the key and then the dog, Ed, points at the box. So he opens the box, which contains the time traveler survival kit that he wanted as a kid.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then inside there's a lock and then he opens it up. He sees a diorama of his family's kitchen
1: mm-hmm.
0: and is able to piece together the exact date, time, and year.
1: His that dad does, went that back will to be yeah. in,
0: Right. The message that his dad sent through, through this, um, this package that he got
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that his mom gave to him and so the moment he realizes that he's on his way back to the hangar
1: yeah because he has run out of time his time (laughs) he's caught up with his time loop and um he has he says he has three choices when he finally catches up with his time loop. one is that he just follows whatever happened Mm -hmm. and just kind of like don't make any decisions just like let yeah, let. let let his time loop dictate where where he's supposed what he's supposed to do, mm-hmm. and then the second option was to say fuck this time loop, <laughs> I'm just gonna run away and not get shot in the stomach, yeah. which would cause uh, his timeline to be messed up and uh, and just physics to get freaking weird. But yeah. <laughs> and then the third option the universe and like, yeah kind of mess things up. And then the third um, the third choice is. To decide to go get shot. So yeah. it's like he... Like, it's predestined, but he still gives himself agency. He's like, oh, I'm going to go face my fear. I'm going to, like... Um, like, this is my decision to go and um, and and be a protagonist, pretty much. Yeah. Not let things happen to me, but rather, like, I choose to let the things that I want to happen.
0: Right. And that that is his narrative are coming to that climax, right? Where yeah. he, and then there is that moment. So the entire like penultimate chapter is him stepping out of the time machine and kind of having his life flash through his through his eyes and seeing basically who he was before the time loop started and who he was after. Mm-hmm. And the differences and that's pretty much the difference is a guy he was a guy who just was okay with being passive, okay with letting, letting life pass, pass him by.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, um, contrast with who he is now, who is someone who, like, has agency. Mm-hmm. Right? Who wants to take charge of his destiny, I guess.
1: Yeah, it, it does seem like that. Like, he is, like, taking control of his destiny in, in that decision. Um...
0: And then everything plays out, like, like it did yeah like he tries to lower the gun he tells his younger self the keys in the book book, and then he gets shot in the stomach
1: yeah (laughs) and then he finds out that getting shot in the stomach doesn't mean that you die like it hurts (laughs) like hell but you can still live and uh it's kind of implied that he uh after he like survives this he's gonna go look for his dad
0: yeah well he says that it hurt a lot and he never felt better yeah. Right.
1: Well, there's the appendix, and in, in and then the book. The, there's the yeah. appendix, and
0: which is all like the possible futures he has now. Yeah, all the right.
1: possible futures, and uh, he's told, like he's told, kind of like his future, like his past self, like, hey, you're gonna go find your dad, but then after you find him and you guys like talk, you need to let him go. You like cannot <laughs> let your like let your dad's failures and let like his mistakes like. Control your life anymore. You can't yeah. blame your father for for like how much of a potato you have become. <laughs> he was a potato, he became a potato.
0: Um he upgrades to Tim instead of Tammy. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and finds Marie, which is this made-up girl that he might have married. Yeah. And that's the book. And then the last page is left intentionally blank. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I know you, you started off a little bit colder on the book. Like, how did you feel after finishing it?
1: Um, I mean, I, like, I felt better. Like, like I, I think when I told you that I wasn't enjoying the book, I, I was, it was like before the second act had started. Mm. And let me tell you, that second act comes in way later than, than yeah. it should. <laughs> I was just like, man, like, I'm on the like, page... A hundred. This is halfway into the book. This should happen in page, like, 45. Like, what the hell?
0: I felt the same way that, like, the book didn't really start catching me until that second act. Yeah. Because the first... I I, I don't know if that was intentional or not because...
1: I'm pretty sure it was intentional. The first
0: act was just him being, like, a potato, like you said. (laughs) And I really enjoyed, I think, being Chinese-American. And it's implied that... His parents are from Taiwan. Like yeah, they, they uh, the, it all but the author
1: is Taiwanese American. Yeah.
0: like yeah. from an island where there's a home language, a official national language, and English that they had to learn when they immigrated. And I think having that, like this, that same background or these similar background, it really like the whole temple scene. Like I can visualize everything there mm-hmm. from the way that his you know his ideal mom holds the incense like that's how we hold incense in temples like with the index finger and middle finger mm-hmm. together you know to like the little pit that you stick it in and you know the smells and the the descriptions and i thought even if even though it wasn't like totally called out it was a reference that had more meaning to me or it was a reference that i can catch yeah like, that exists and i thought i thought that was super cool
1: yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a sci-fi book, and in that sci-fi, there's, there's some really real, candid <laughs> stuff going on. And, and to me, like, I mean, I love sci-fi. Sci-fi is, like, one of my favorite genres, and it's probably the genre that I read the most. And
0: Which is good, because you're going to have a—this book is a lot better if you have even a basic grasp of time yeah travel yeah <laughs> i've
1: i've read a lot of time travel books in my day but um but the parts that i like the most in this book was was like those little moments where like you see his mom and his dad and like you see parts of his childhood timeline yeah and
0: because like it, it was it is an immigrant story yeah it and is an immigrant is story like, yeah seen through the eyes of the second generation yeah right and yeah it's it did bum me out like there's entire paragraphs where it's just a dude being depressed (laughs)
1: well yeah like i said at the beginning of this podcast like one of the main themes in uh in this book is failure and dealing with failure and how like memory and regrets like influence your decision making process yeah
0: there's you know even as a tech he 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 observes that like Yeah, time travel is supposed to be fun. You go back and see, you know, Hamilton making speeches on the constitutional floor or Mm -hmm. going to see important events. But people mainly use it to go revisit the worst days of their lives.
1: Yeah, because (laughs) time travel, um, I mean, that whole genre exists because it's about regret. People time travel to fix their mistakes to yeah. prevent and even like even like time travel movies and books where it takes place in the future, it's usually like the future self goes back into the past <laughs> to fix like uh to to prevent the future that they're from yeah. from happening. To even kill, to even kill if Sarah it,
0: Connor so that the robots win. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's like like, that is the whole genre. So, like, I understand like why it's a depressing yeah. book. I was like, oh, time travel, it's going to be depressing, but hey.
0: The meta part of it is, you know, there's parallels. Like, and the fact that it uses tense and grammar in order to power mm-hmm. is time travel. It's, you know, you look at people who are stuck in the past, people who can't get over things they did or things that happened to them. And I think that's kind of that. That's, I think that's, um, I think that's the central theme of this book as well is to have agency in your own life and not to dwell to like yeah, let go of the past because that's yeah. just going to keep you like that's, that's what keeps people down.
1: Yeah. Like you right. can't obsess over the details. Yeah. Otherwise, like you're <laughs> going to, you, like, the whole point of uh, of like the mind theory of time traveling is like oh your t- a time machine is not really like a machine that takes you into the past it's your mind that takes you into th- so it's like your brain is kind of like switching to your past self like yeah. rather than like your entire body being uh transported through time yeah. and I mean. When that happens, when you when you recall a memory from the past, you don't have every, any memory of the present. And that's how time travel works. <laughs> like, you think about the past, you forget what's happening in the present. You miss out what's happening in the present. And because you don't remember anything that happened in the present, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And therefore, there's this vicious cycle of you're <laughs> stuck and you're not going to be able to move forward with your life. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's pretty much what the book is about is how to or uh, one guy's journey to get past that.
1: Yeah, it's about how to live safely <laughs> in a science fictional universe. Don't fucking mess with time travel. <laughs> <laughs> live chronologically. it gets a yeah. little bit too complicated. um but yeah, like I guess. I mean, we broke it down. I, I'm curious to hear what you personally thought of, of the book. I think I've ranted I, quite a bit in this episode.
0: So maybe it's you know I don't have my my female characters radar on, turned on to, <laughs> as high as yours. So I while while, while I did wish that there was uh, more of the mom, I didn't really get like the maybe it's just the way I read. Like mm-hmm. I'm not as aware. <laughs> No, it's 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 interesting to hear your take on on that aspect because, yeah. you know, that's something that an author should keep in mind when they're writing stuff is. I
1: mean, it's just yeah. it's just like I the funny thing is, um, like I noticed it, but because I've been reading sci-fi for a very long time, sci-fi has been kind of like this boys club. <laughs> um and I was just like, well, it's sci-fi, so I'm going to be like a little bit I was just like, okay, I'm going to be lenient with it. I'm not mm. going to like turn like I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna be like woke as f- <laughs> like for yeah. for that, but um, but at the book club meeting, Dan was the one who brought it up. He was just like, he was like, I'm really upset that there aren't <laughs> like the women characters are not as fleshed out as the men in this yeah. in this book. And I'm just like, oh wa- wow, like I, <laughs> I let think... that slide, and I didn't really get angry about it until you mentioned it.
0: <laughs> I think there's there's definitely opportunity for, um for the mom to be a little, little bit more fleshed out um but i think personally because i recognize it as a father-son story yeah, a father-son story and he was definitely a daddy's boy like and this is going through his memory so i mean it's not excusing it but i can see why his mom would be less fleshed out because he obviously doesn't well
1: <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't just like the fact that like his mom wasn't fleshed out i i think like one problem, one one of the main problems I had with with like women representation in this book is just that everyone is defined by, like a relationship to a male character, uh-huh. and it's just like well, like even even like the imaginary girl that he doesn't marry, she's not even like that much yeah. of a character. It's just like this like fantasy that like the uh, yeah um that the protagonist has, and it's just like okay, well, <laughs> like. All all I wanted was one. (laughs) Yeah. One. But, like, I can't...
0: Well, I mean, the other female-ish characters were, like, uh, computer programs and a robot.
1: Yeah, but they were also, like, (laughs) kind of, like, taking orders from the protagonist and kind of, like, molded to his wishes, you know? So, I mean, it's kind of, like, a pet peeve of mine, so Mm. it's not, like, a deal-breaker. That's not the reason why, like, (laughs) like, I gave this book, like... Like a yeah. like a good rating rather than like a great rating.
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the book itself, the first half, I don't think I had I was as down on it as you were in terms of how slow it was going. I recognized it was going slow, mm-hmm. but I also was intrigued by the because the first it's kind of like a um like a anime series let's say right the first few episodes is like episodic and it's like non like non sequiturs and setting up the character and then halfway through that first season the main story arc begins right so i kind of saw it as that yeah
1: but then like in the (laughs) okay like like taking cowboy beep because we mentioned cowboy bebop like it's an episodic show (laughs) and like the main arc of the story doesn't even happen until like Way past the halfway point yeah. in the series, like with like with that series, it's like I I'm a little bit more like open to it because
0: I mean I guess I, I I found I think I might have just found the you know the the service calls and the description of the the home base a little bit more interesting yeah than you probably did but again I don't read as much so maybe if if yeah. you know if if i read more sci-fi it would be more like all oh, more of the same
1: i, I think know. i think like my my main um the main reason why i couldn't get into the book as much um i mean like i i picked it up and i kind of like like it was very slow in the in the first half but in the second half it just kind of flew by yeah but um yeah like the prose it's very much in the character's head it's like very yeah. inner monologue and that's just, like, a personal taste. Like, I really don't <laughs> like that type of uh, prose. And, like, I get it. It's important for this book. Yeah. It's, it, it makes sense for the story and the character. But it doesn't mean that I have to like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: there were literally pages where it was just one paragraph.
1: It was just, like, <laughs> like, like I would just, like, be reading. And it's like, okay, it's, like, consciousness, consciousness. and then And then, like, bam, something, like, really poignant and, like... <laughs> like super blunt about life, and 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 I'm just like okay, like I kind of like
0: that though. I kind of um, I think yeah. Once we got into that second act where I was invested in the stakes, yeah. I and I think I got used to the pros. It definitely like the the second half flew by a lot faster than the first half. I, I yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, but overall, I liked it.
1: Yeah I, li- yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it, but yeah, no, it was... I, I'm entitled to my own personal opinion.
0: <laughs> I liked it a lot. I mean, it's um, it's different than than what we read before. So yeah,
1: and it's Those also just... uh, it's it's very much genre bending. Yeah, like uh, this book was praised for like its clever way of like breaking. Um, breaking like the fourth wall kind of like, I mean, it's metafiction and it's supposed to do that, but it's, it's even new in metafiction.
0: Well, we're supposed to like, we're supposed to accept that we are reading the book that is inside the story.
1: Yeah. Inside the story. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: and there's a point in the book where, and like kind of, it blew my mind a little bit when I realized that there's a time, there's a, there's a moment, there's a couple moments in the book where like mm -hmm. where you are in the book and where the characters are in the book, like match up. Yeah. Right, and that's like whoa.
1: Yeah, it's a very, it's a very clever book. Um, but yeah, like yeah. that was our discussion on how to live safely in a science fictional universe. What did
0: you think about the book? Um, what do you think <laughs> about um, Rivas' points, my points? Uh, please let us know um, on our Goodreads forum. There is a thread going right now for how to live safely in a science fictional universe. So please let us know what you think. Yeah. And, yeah, that does it for this month's book. Um, next month, January, we have some extra time, but we're going to be reading.
1: We're going to be reading Something in Between by Melissa de la Cruz. And this book came out in October, I think. So it's wow, fairly... We're,
0: re- we're reading some a new book this time.
1: Yeah, it's, like, fairly new. So, <laughs> And also, it's kind of... Um, I mean, the book is a YA contemporary on a Filipino-American... Teen girl who is kind of like an overachiever in academics, and she finds out that her entire family and herself—they're uh, illegal immigrants—meaning that all hopes of scholarships and going to college—it's kind of like dashed. Mm. Um, so, I thought it would be really interesting to read because January inauguration of oh, our new you, you
0: should not be named. <laughs> American Voldemort.
1: Well, American Voldemort. Um, <laughs> Orange Voldemort. So I thought that would be, like, yeah. a very, like, topical.
0: I'm really interested because I have a couple friends who actually have been through that situation. So it would be interesting to
1: yeah, see. Like I, like yeah, like, I definitely don't know much about, uh, about like, the struggles of being undocumented. Yeah. Um, So I'm really interested in reading it. And the author is also Filipino-American, so that's
0: qualifies for a book club yeah qualifies <laughs> for
1: our book club
0: so um you can get that book on kindle it's available hardcover only right now on amazon it's actually on sale right now um or you can wait for reaver to finish reading it and go to the local library
1: yeah go to your libraries you guys it's
0: free <laughs> and that's it for this month's books and boba please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find it and yeah
1: keep reading you guys
0: talk so, decent. This episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and produced and edited by Marvin Yue. For further discussion on the books covered at Books and Boba, please visit our Goodreads forum. You can find the link on our Facebook page at Books and Boba as well as by searching for the group Books and Boba on Goodreads.com. Books and Boba is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a brand new collective of Asian-American podcasts and podcasters. You can learn more about the collective as well as check out our founding slate of programs by visiting the website www.podcastpotluck.com.